1: put together our sermon series based on what we feel like God is saying to talk about um, and what to do. And and one of the reasons is we are in an election year. This is not going to be a right or left thing by any means. Um, This is going to be a Bible thing and a God thing. Um, And and that hits on both sides. It really does. Uh, No side belongs to Jesus, but we do. And so we go wherever that goes. And sometimes that's easy and it's very plain. Sometimes it's not. Um, I will say this, I was sitting, I was talking with a missionary friend this past week. He is actually a missionary we supported for several years, and he's spoken at Thrive at least once over the years. He actually helped dedicate glory. His name's Joshua Cagle, and he's been a missionary for 20 plus years in Poland. He's just moved back to the United States. He's south of Houston, and he's helped planting a church south of Houston now. But his parents were lifelong missionaries to Mexico. And I remember several years ago, riding with them in a car and just talking with them, and we were talking about the States. Now, his parents are from here, but they were lifelong missionaries in Mexico, and then obviously he was an MK, that means missionary kid, and, uh, and then, then he became a missionary, right, in Europe. And so, I remember talking about America with them, and, and my heart for this land, and this was quite a few years ago, feeling like my heart was breaking for our country. Now it's like I'm just numb, you know. I think a lot of us are, but I remember them saying something so unique. They're like, the thing about, that's tough about America is it's all so gray, so much of the country and so much of the world, and especially for the church, it's very gray. They don't, you can't touch on anything. You're not allowed to talk about anything. It's not clear to us what's sin and what isn't. Whereas if you're in, they said if you're in Mexico, you're a Christ follower or you're not. It's there's not a lot of in between, right? Or you're a, if you're in Africa, same thing. You're a Christ follower or you're not, right? It's easier and clearer to navigate. Now I would argue. It's getting clearer and clearer on our side in our country on if you're following Jesus or if you're not. It's it's getting a lot more obvious, but it's still tough to navigate. This is still, it's very confusing, tons of misinformation, disinformation, lies, and and twisting of truths and partial truths. Matter of fact, and I'm doing this because because my son and, and some other friends, you guys went skiing yesterday, right? The Green Girls and some other friends, and so, um, well... I, I have, The only skiing I really do is jet. <laughs> and the rest, not so much. And part of it, it's just physics. It's something on a narrow thing, not not a good thing. And so the, my, I remember my, I've only gone skiing twice in my life, snow skiing. And the first year was okay, I was a freshman, I was like, ah, I did okay, I pretty much hung around the bunny hill, and it's like, if you hang on the bunny hill, like, it's a good bunny hill, you don't need to stop at the end, it just kind of fades for you anyway, right? But the second year I went, I I, I sat in the the, uh, instruction, you know, the free instructions they give you, and sure enough, for the five seconds I decided not to pay attention, that's when they told you how to turn and stop. And, 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 and I remember a friend being, "Oh, just turn your skis in." So that's exactly what I did, but here's the thing: That's not true. <laughs> it's just not this doesn't do anything. You know what happens when you do this when you're skiing? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing changes. What he meant to say was, "Turn on the edges of your skis." Some of you know how oh, to no, ski, no yeah, see? See, I was thinking, go from here to here. That doesn't do anything, <laughs> okay? You're supposed to go from here to here. See the difference, right? One has a curve, <laughs> okay? So my, I remember friends like, oh, you gotta go on the diamonds with us, man. You gotta go on the blue diamond, the black diamond, the double black diamond. <laughs> well, when you're 15, you're not like, I'm not ready for that. You're like, well, if they told me to do it, I'm supposed to do it, <laughs> So the first time I went down, I couldn't do it. I've I'm fallen, I've I'm fallen, I've fallen. And, and then finally, my very last time attempt of the day, I go down the big hill that everybody can see too, right? It's the ski lodge. They can see you the whole time. And I am flying down the hill. And I had no problem getting started. It was the turning and the stopping, like I said. So I am flying down this hill, and a man is in front of me, the size of Howie. Stand up for a second, Howie. Just, just for a second. Would you stand up for a, So people get an idea, okay? That size, right? And I was six inches shorter, all right? So I am flying towards this guy, and I know I can't get around him. I know I can't move. I know I can't turn. So I just start screaming, get out of the way! Get out of the way! And so his intelligence, he stops which I can't do, and he decides to gradually turn around. And this is basically what happened. Pretend he's, pretend I'm him and this is me. That's what happened. (laughs) He didn't move and I went down. That was it. And I was like, oh my gosh. He's like, are you okay? See you later. And then he went, right? Now, if you're ever on the middle of a ski hill, one of the things that happens is your skis come off. But the problem is you're on a hill. You know what happens with skis when they're on a hill? They keep going. So I'm on the hill, falling down, trying to get up, chasing skis down the hill, trying to get them back on my feet so I can get back down the hill. And finally, I get them both, and I get back down, and I'm flying back down towards the bottom of the hill... And there's a giant orange banner. And it says, slow. I don't know how to slow. So again, in order to stop, I'm either going down or I'm going into the sign. And I just went down. That was my last time skiing. Because it just didn't work out. I made my peace with it. If you want me to go with you on a ski trip, I'm happy to watch you and stay in the cabin drinking coffee, all right? It's just not my thing, because I can't navigate it. And I'm also at the age, I don't care to anymore. I don't need to accomplish that. I've got five kids. I've got nothing to prove, (laughs) okay? (laughs) I've done it, all right? I've done a lot of things. I'm okay with not doing that one, but it's hard to navigate, my column went for the first time yesterday, and same thing, it's challenging, tough to navigate things. Skiing, especially for the first time, it's hard. It's hard to learn how to turn, it's hard to learn how to how, how to stop, it's hard to learn how to walk around, it's 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 precarious. Welcome to America and the church in the 21st age trying to figure out how what's true, what's wrong, what's right. And we're living in a time that you don't even realize how much you and I are subject to the thinking of this age. The things that we're not allowed to say anymore. The things we're not allowed to touch on. You know, here's the thing. I'm going to touch on these things and you might get mad. But here's what's worse. This is how impacted and impressed by culture we are. We're more worried about what the pastor might say or quoting and talking about the Bible and culture than we are worried about what our kids are watching. We're, we're, we're given the benefit of the doubt over there than we are here. That's speaking to how much culture has changed us and how impressed by it we are. Today, I am talking about feminism. Yeah, you're quiet, aren't you? <laughs> right? Right? Because you're like, there's nothing wrong. It's beautiful. That's amazing. You're not allowed to talk about that right there. You're not allowed to talk about It's a feminist worldview that says the pastor or the word of God can't speak into this. That's a lie from hell. God has, a, God has an opinion on everything, and his opinion is perfect. Mine isn't, but hopefully this is his word and not Mine. And let our theme verse for the series, the entire series, be this. Romans 12, 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Don't let this world Don't conform to it. Don't copy it. But be transformed to being like Jesus. That is a difficult, not easy thing to do. And that was written to Romans. Not the godliest culture to ever exist. Right? So if you're wondering how is this going to go about, basically week to week here's what we're going to do. We're going to sum up the cultural issue. Then we're going to talk about the problems with it. And then, finally, we're going to say, this is what the Bible says about it. It should be up there. Okay? So, again, we're going to sum it up. We're going to talk about the problems with it, what the Bible says about it. Okay? Hopefully. Right? Now, here's here's the best part. If you're like, I disagree or I don't understand, come and talk to me about it. (laughs) Come and talk to us about it. Come and wrestle through it. Okay? Take it up with the Word of God. It's the number one thing every believer should do don't take my word for it. Take God's word for it. What does his word say? Okay, test it. The Bible says that. It actually says test, test things when it comes to the word, right? If I say something, if I get up here and I'm like, I'm Elijah, the prophet reincarnated, you should test that because <laughs> that's messed up, <laughs> right? I'm not going to say that, but you know, Who knows what's in this coffee cup? All right, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) It's just coffee. Um, Seriously, both my wives are here today. No, I'm just kidding. Sorry. It's just too easy. It was just too easy. (laughs) If you're new here, I'm sorry. (laughs) Let's take a second. All right, got to laugh before we get into this. All right, so let me educate you on the topic of feminism, all right, because it has a history, all right? And, and I, I pulled this, from some from things like Jordan Peterson and, and Daily Wire and numerous other sources. So I don't want you to think this is, I created all this. Um, but we're talking about founders of it and influencers of, these, of this movement which created the idea, which has massaged itself into the culture. And the first wave, feminism, was started um, probably about 1848, uh, uh, solidified in the Seneca Falls Convention, in 1848, some very, well, uh, some very well-known women and some men gathered in 1848 at the Seneca Falls Convention. I think there's a picture of it. And, and they, they were mostly well-intentioned, okay? Now, don't get me wrong, some of these women had major personal life issues. Multiple marriages, multiple children, um, some alcoholics, some big problems, and, and some godly people but their main voice and their main now pause for a second does anybody saw, see a distinction between what we might call a feminist now and this picture anybody <laughs> just take a note okay <laughs> take a screenshot and be like it may have shifted a little bit <laughs> all right let's move on so if you're like i don't know if he's going to make his case here just look at the picture <laughs> all right let's keep going so the idea here mostly was, we should be allowed to vote. We, have no, we should be allowed to work. We should be allowed to have a voice in our society. Okay, Basically saying, we want personal worth and value in society instead of be treating as, being treated as second-class citizens. Well, we'll get into it, but the Bible already affirms that. Just because society wasn't doing it right doesn't mean the Bible doesn't affirm it, okay? Those who are very pro and conservative America say we're Judeo-Christian society when we always have been, right? But we haven't always equally applied it, right? Slavery, women in our society and more, right? So, But it's also those Judeo- Judeo-Christian values which drove us to self-realize This is wrong in our society. We need to straighten it out. And that's what the walk of Christ is. Anybody here walk with Christ and a few years down the road figure out, I'm doing some stuff wrong still. I could be better at this. God wants to grow me in this area. Welcome to being a disciple. That's what it is. So anybody would say, nope, we never did that. Look, at slavery. So throw out Judeo-Christian values. Mm, I love you. That's kind of stupid. that's like saying well my child didn't learn trigonometry yet so throw them out no they can't understand, they're getting there give it time, patience okay, but this was the idea of first wave feminism mostly well intentioned not mostly well led though it was probably a mixture of good, of, of, of solid women and corrupt now here's the thing The problem is when we mix good intentions with bad company can produce bad results. Anybody ever go to a party and you had good intentions to not do something? Don't raise your hand. Good intentions to, you know, I don't want to do the bad things, but you're with the bad people and you did the bad things, but you had all the intentions not to, right? Okay. So then we get to second wave feminism. And second wave feminism starts around the late 1910s into the 20s and goes basically up to about 1970-ish. And second wave feminism becomes a radical shift in our country, but it also works itself into our academic institutions, into our school systems, into our entertainment, and across our culture. And here's what it begins to teach. Simone de Boivier, if I said that right, is, is basically begins to say things like, femininity is disconnected from biology, Okay, she says this in a book that was considered a founding document for this second wave of feminism. Everything helps to confirm this hierarchy in the eyes of the little girl. Historical and literary culture to which she belongs. The songs and legend with which she is lulled to sleep are one exaltation of man. Children's books, mythology, stories, tales all reflect the myths born of the pride and desires of men. Thus, it is through the eyes of men a little girl discovers the world and read therein her destiny. Now that sounds to some brilliant. But I would tell you it's pseudo-intellectualism and it's done no homework and it's pretty much untrue. But more than that, it very quickly and subversively insults all men and women in the same paragraph. It basically said every woman who was a woman of character and possibly a good mother was a second-rate fool. That applies, so if, if you look at just the timing of 1949, that would be most of your moms, grandmothers, or great-grandmothers. She just insulted them and said they were worthless and stupid, and said the same thing about the men. Now, this is, this is written two to three years after, basically, by God's goodness, hundreds of thousands and millions of young men helped save the world from Nazi tyranny. Now, of course, women played a massive role too, right? But only men at that time were allowed on the front lines, So it sounds intellectual, but it's foolishness and it's cruelty. It's insulting. You think about it just for one second. I'm going to keep moving on, but just for one second. Women, by God's design, literally have a superpower. You can literally grow a human being inside you and then feed and sustain it for years. Now, I understand there are women who have struggled with that and infertility, and there is grace for that. I understand that, okay? And yet, even those women have a desire to nurture. Why does that hurt? Because God has hardwired you to do something that men just cannot do. That is not to say that is all women can do. We're not going, we're getting, we're going to cover that, okay? Okay? Not by any stretch of the imagination are women confined to that. But the lies of a feminist worldview says that's all you can do if that is what you feel called to do. And that's a lie. And that, that is somehow second-rate or second-class. If I said to anybody in this room, just right now, if a man stood up and said, My greatest desire is to be a great husband and father. Nobody would look down on that man. We would say that's a rare thing these days. Well done, be that man. Almost everybody. But if a woman says that same thing in this society, I want to be a great wife and a great mother, we despise and look down on that. That is what feminism has done to you. If you self-resent... If you look down on another woman for the same reason, that's what feminism's done. Do you see? Do you understand? It's okay to do that as a man, but as a woman, it's wrong. Okay? And then it goes on. It goes on in in this second wave. It, It promotes abortion, which was born out of eugenics. If you're unfamiliar with eugenics, Margaret Sanger, I believe, right? Okay, started a thing called Planned Parenthood in the 1920s, eugenics was a pseudoscience based on basically racism. It's largely what Adolf Hitler modeled the assassination of Jews and what he would consider lessers in his culture. You can look it up for yourself, eugenics, spelled with an E-U, okay, and the idea was you could breed out and exterminate people who were of lesser value. So if they were born with Down syndrome, a lame leg or hand, or just not white or blonde hair, blue eyes. You could kill them in the womb or after. And that was considered a very scientific worldview. That is how Planned Parenthood started, which we're not talking about abortion this week. I'm just letting you know that is the foundation. That is the woman who started it, and that is how it began, and that is how it became a chain. And not only that, over 80%, I believe it's over 80% of all kids who are aborted in the United States are not white. So don't tell me it's not racist. But anyway. Um, so the idea of the second wave feminism basically said we don't need men, okay? Not just equal roles, or not just equal value, but equal roles across the board now again that sounds good equality or equity which are not the same words but that's a different conversation equality but here's what feminism second wave feminism really argued it wasn't arguing an equality of value which first wave feminism was second wave feminism was now arguing sameness And sameness means you do the exact same things and get the exact same results, which is impossible. Forget all the biochemical variables, which we'll get into a little bit, okay? But just, it's disregarding personal choice. And it's minimizing, pe- here's the irony, it's trying to erase gender while also debasing people down to their chromosomes and saying that's also the sum total of who they are. Do you see how it doesn't work, how the philosophy just begins to fall apart and break down? It doesn't work and there's no value to it. Okay, third wave feminism leads into this. Okay, 1970s to now, Here's a great quote that sums up third wave feminism starting in the 1970s to now from Shulamith Firestone. The end goal of the feminist revolution must be, unlike that of the first feminist movement, not just the elimination of male privilege, but of sex distinction itself. Genital differences between human beings would no longer matter culturally. A reversion to an unobstructed pansexuality, Freud's polymorphous perversity, would probably supersede heterohomo and bisexuality. You don't realize it, but this wave of third wave feminism, which has now introduced transgenderism across our society to convince people, is from that movement to erase gender entirely in saying it doesn't matter. It's it's made up. It's false. The irony is this is made up. She's literally saying Freud's version of this. Now, you guys don't know, and we'll talk about this over the next few weeks too, but guys like Freud and others were sexual monsters, perverts, and child abusers. They committed human trafficking and sex trafficking. And they're lauded as scientific geniuses. And they were monsters. Monsters. Sigmund Freud was a monster, and numerous others. Their whole opinion on pretty much everything should be thrown out. They shouldn't be revered in any form of science, and yet they are, right? So here's where you get sexual fluidity. Children can be born to both genders, gender's performative, okay? And now, right, in the last few years, shout your abortion. Be proud of it. This is a massive, if you're like, I've never heard this, God bless you for living the life you are. (laughs) But it is a thing. In the 1990s, the Clintons coined a phrase, safe, legal, and rare, referring to abortion. What changed? Nothing but our culture we changed. We let the debasing continue and the destroying of our minds and our biblical worldview. And the problem with it all, here's the problem with it, if you aren't seeing it, okay, they literally won't define even what a woman is now. There's a great documentary, it's kind of funny, it's not for children, called What is a Woman? I encourage you to watch it. It's hard to watch, it's difficult, But the idea of the ironic thing now is if you watch, even in the Olympics coming up, there are men in women's categories. And they're not, they're not. No, they are. Biologically, by God's design, they are. We are literally down to our DNA different. There's an XX or an XY chromosome. Men typically are stronger than women, okay? Women's sports are going to be a thing of the past, women's restrooms are disappearing. I have little girls. And if a man goes into the restroom with her, I will remove her or him. Because you don't get to sexualize my children anywhere. And it is wrong. It's evil. The body, the physical human body doesn't reach an age of sexuality till a certain point. Why? Maybe, just maybe, God had the design of innocence to protect them and keep them for a season from that. And if you don't believe that, then I would tell you, you've been duped by society. And they are every day trying right now. Okay, I know the, I know the mayor in our town. He, he actually came to Thrive on and off for a couple of years. But multiple times, he has stepped into businesses just in Lockport. And Lockport's a pretty quiet suburb stepped into businesses just in this town multiple times trying to do drag queen hour. Not the library, thankfully. Not as far as I know. Uh, not yet, right? <laughs> as far as we know. But other businesses have tried to bring in drag queens and do shows. And he said, well, we have a city ordinance. We don't do stripping of any kind in this city. You're not gonna, we're not going to allow it. But they've tried. Why? To culturally affirm. They're not doing it to be subversive. They believe they're actually doing what is right now because of the conditioning culture. You need to understand that when when just 20 years ago, less than 1% of the population identified as LGBTQ. Now, at one college, I think it was Brown College, said something upwards of 40% of their college students are identifying somewhere on the spectrum of LGBTQ. Oh, that's because we're affirming now. No, 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 it isn't. It's because we have opened a door that has let the floodgates in and is now cultural conditioning. And I can, I can prove it the other way too. Because in, 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 the year, in the year 35 AD, there weren't that many Christians. But in the year 500 AD, there were millions. What changed? Culture. God moved and culture received it. Right now it's the other way. The enemy's on the move, and culture's receiving it, and we're believing it. We followed everything. Matter of fact, there's a recently, and whether you like the movie or not is here, neither here nor there. I'm not picking on the movie, okay? But my wife and I, for our own for our own edutainment, watched the Barbie movie without our kids, (laughs) okay? Um, Just to be like. Well, let's see what it's all about. We've heard a lot of things. And one of the things they repeat over and over in the movie is tearing down the patriarchy, which there's a lot of problems with the movie plot-wise. There's a lot of holes in it. But tearing down the pa- Well, the patriarchy is the idea of men being in leadership, leading society, and that it's all wrong, all evil, and all bad. Well, I've got a great clip on that from Jordan Peterson um, and, and what that means. The first one. Go ahead, Jeff.
2: In what, in what sense is our society male-dominated?
3: Uh, the fact that the vast majority of wealth is owned by men, the vast majority of capital and is owned by men. Women do more unpaid labour. a very, very tiny
2: proportion of men and a huge proportion of people who are seriously disaffected are men. Most people in prison are men. Most people who are uh, on the street are men. Most victims of violent crime are men. Most people who commit suicide are men. Uh, most men, most people who die in wars are men. People who do worse in school are men. It's like Where's the dominance here, precisely? What you're doing is you're taking a tiny substrata of hyper-successful men and using that to represent the entire structure of, the, of Western society. There's nothing about that that's vaguely appropriate.
1: So, but you and I have been fed this line now, that it is wildly unfair, wildly unfair, wildly unfair. There's giant gender pay gaps and so on and so forth. If I had the time to break it down, I would tell you it's false. It was true 30 years ago. It is not true now. It is, is it good that we progress away? Overall, yes, right? That is good. It is evil. We believe in an egalitarian society, even biblically, which I'm going to get into in just a little bit. Just a few more minutes. I'm going to get there. But we believe in that. But what we don't believe in, okay, is the idea of the lies of our culture that elevate women based on the idea of because women. Because whether or not we've evaluated it, that's still a very low view of somebody. You are still saying they're a better living being because of their gender or lack thereof. And you've debased half of the world's population down to that. And they think they're elevating it, and yet you're only elevating it based, it's actually another version of critical theory, which we'll talk about as well, which is bad academics, okay? So here's another clip from Jordan Peterson addressing the same thing. Go ahead.
2: What do you understand by equality, Sophie? What does it mean to you?
3: Uh, freedom.
2: Can you be more... Is it a quality of opportunity? Is it equal pay across the board? Is it something more than that? I think
3: equality's better for everyone. Yeah, OK. I think, you know, I, I, and I'm really delighted. Uh, you know, I love my job because it's an optimistic and a hopeful job, which is about creating more choices for people. I'm interested in... People being able to have different choices and um, and having equality of outcome.
2: Aha, well, so you're going to have choices and equality of outcome. What if people choose, choose different things, which is what they've been doing in Scandinavia? So the Scandinavian countries have moved more towards gender equality than any other countries, and the personality differences in Scandinavia have increased rather than decreased, and the proportion of women who are choosing STEM fields has decreased rather than increased. So as cultures become more gender-neutral, the number of women who choose STEM fields decreases. What do you mean by increasing. STEM fields? So science, yes, technology, technology. Okay, okay. engineering and mathematics. I so if you let men and women make their choices, what actually happens is that they specialise in different, in different situations could and they you not, don't get equality of outcome. Could they not type. have been programmed to have those views from the moment we raise them and give boys no, Lego and construction? No, because, because what happens is that as countries get more egalitarian, which means there's less program, programming of that sort the differences get larger, not smaller. And the scientific data on that is clear, and most of it was generated by people who have a left-leaning bias, so you can't blame it on conservative scientists. It was a shock to everyone to find that out. So I think
3: I mean, I think the difference between Jordan and me is that we, um, we look at uh, evidence and we lean towards different theories. So Jordan's theory is very much evolutionary, you know, that there are... Inherent differences in men and women. Mine is very much more social role theory, if you like, and I, that, that men and women are taking on different roles due to the expectations that society puts mm-hmm. on them. And it's it's interesting that Jordan frequently uh, cites Scandinavian countries where they've made more. Like, there's nowhere in the world that women are equal, um, but Scandinavia has made the most progress towards um, uh, shared parenting, um, etc. Et that said, um, it's not done yet. There's nowhere in the world where this is done yet. But so, it's having the opposite
2: so, effect that the gender equality types predicted. Opposite, not, not the same. So and it much. isn't a theory, it's actually data driven by tens of thousands of surveys and the best scientific literature on the topic. I know it's not a theory, mm. and I didn't come about it because of my political perspective. I looked at the data, what it showed was that as countries become more egalitarian, the differences between men and women grow, they don't shrink.
3: So what I'm interested in is is data and analysis as well, and I'm particularly interested in the ones presented, such as the ones by the University of Southern California, um, which discovered that um, change towards gender equality is actually being slowed by beliefs that are legitimising social inequalities on the basis of sex. And I'm also interested... I mean, like, Jordan, I look at the data and I look at the studies and I'm really also very much interested in studies uh, like the analysis that was done by um, the American Psychological Society, which looked at 45 analyses of whether there's sex difference over 20 years, and its conclusion was that men and women are basically alike in terms of personality, in terms of cognitive ability, in terms of leadership, but what it did find was that media depictions of men and women as fundamentally different perpetuate misconceptions, as does workplace
2: bias. Oh, God, so it's my fault.
3: So, no, well, you know, you're leaving soon, it's a little <laughs> <fun. laughs> Men, and, men so, and
2: women actually are more the same than they are different. But the issue is, is that small differences at the population level can turn into very large differences at the extreme. So, for example, men and women are broadly similar with regards to aggression, although men tilt a little bit more towards aggression. About, so that if you picked a random person out of the population, male and female, and you guessed that the male was more aggressive, you'd be right 60% of the time. But if you take the one in 100 most aggressive people, they're all male, and that's why the overwhelming proportion of people who are in prisons are male. Now, do you want to equalize that, just out of curiosity? I, what about bricklayers? They're 99% male, and, the, and we've got about three quarters of, of the population now in universities, in the humanities and social sciences are female. Yeah. Are we going to equalize that? And men, men work more, longer hours? They work more dangerous jobs, they're more likely to move, they're more likely to work outside, they're more likely to participate in jobs in the STEM fields that are scalable, they make more money for those reasons, and that's all hidden under the idea that the reason that men and women make different amounts of money is because of their gender. It's a very simplistic analysis and trying to I, can, I just going to say, can you well, come back I mean, on that?
3: I'm, uh, what I'm trying to equalise is, is opportunity and choice.
1: Fine, let's equalise you, you agree, and absolutely you can, agree, you can, agree on that. But we I, won't get equal outcome I, that I, way. I, and I think... There it is. Is a very intelligent man, <laughs> but the idea that's been propagated by way of feminism is it's unequal and overthrow it. Now it doesn't say what the solution is going to be either, but the Bible offers the solution because the Bible is from the designer. Genesis chapter one verses twenty-seven. Here's what the Bible says. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. There's a, there's a, there's a word there, imago Dei. It means the image of God. But it means, it, it means more than that. It means like you, you and I, we all put your hands up. We all have fingerprints, right? Okay, if you commit a crime and they have you in the books and they get your fingerprints, you're going to jail. Because nobody else has your fingerprints but you. The Imago Dei means God's fingerprint is on you. You are designed by him. He made in his image both genders. And to deny one or elevate one over the other is to defy and mock God's image. He made you. He brings you value. It is from him. It is from the author and by the author. See, the lie is is, is the idea is that You are now virtuous because you are a woman. You are not virtuous because you are a woman. You are virtuous because you are God's creation. And woman is God's creation. But do you see the inversion of it? The quick sleight of hand is because you're a woman. No, because you're a daughter of the king and a creation of the most high. It is not because of your gender, but because of your creator. But it sounds good. It's like this. I have here a lot of money, (laughs) right? Lots and lots of Monopoly money. I could make it rain right now with Monopoly money. (laughs) Man, I could put it down. I could have a good time. I could go out to eat and pay for most of us, right? And it looks, if we were playing Monopoly, I'd be in a good position right now. Or it's this. Now, if I asked everybody in this room, which one do you want? Well, I'd tell you, this is more. Look how much it is. Look at what you can do. Yeah, but I can only do it in, in the game of Monopoly. No, no, you can take this. This is what's true. No, this, this is a game and it's counterfeit. This is real value. This is feminism. This is God's design for women. One is fake, but it looks good, it's fun but it really can't bring more value. After 50 plus years of second and third wave feminism, are women happier in that arena? Our culture, our suicide rate, among many other things, our divorce rate and everything else has skyrocketed. Why? Well, this, our solutions seem to be causing more problems because the solution is the design of God. He made you. He formed you. You are made in His image. God's design is always best. And the world's redefinitions, by way of deconstruction, are always counterfeit. You don't have to capitulate or bow the knee to feminism because your view of who you are in Christ is infinitely higher. And the same is true for men. And we're going to talk about that too. We'll talk about toxic masculinity and manhood and what does it even mean anymore. We're not going to spend a ton of time because we did like a whole weekend last weekend. So we're not going to get into it, but a lot. But womanhood has been robbed of beauty and virtue and honor by way of arguing it. When it's like, you are made in God's image, you couldn't be any higher. The Bible says we're slightly lower than the angels, but we're dearer to his heart. You are God's daughter. You are God's princess. You are made in his image. Now there's the weird Bible people who are like, well, men are, and then women are like a break off. Did you read the verse that we just read? Okay, put it back up, Jeff. Genesis, right? Read it again, okay? Man and woman, okay, he created them in his image. Not man, oh, and by the way. No, no, no. Male and female, he created them in his image. There are aspects of the female nature that are just like God that men don't have. The ability to nurture and care and to understand and communicate and navigate in ways just men as a rule never could. Now look, these are not absolutes. Of course, there's crossover. Of course, men can be better at things that seem a little more feminine, and vice versa. Women can be more athletic, and yeah, of course. But again, that's a secular humanistic worldview to say they can or can't based on these things. Instead of the design of God. One other thing, it talks about being the helper, Genesis 2.18. It's not good for man to be alone. I'll make a helper. I say this with as much humility as I can. Ladies, we need you. Men need you. But you also need us. It is two ways And it's a design. It's God's intention. I'm not saying if you're single, you're lacking. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is there's a beauty in the holiness of the balance of genders on both. It's a God design. Right? And if you need balance in it, here it is. Chauvinism believes a man is better than a woman because he's a man. Feminism believes a woman is better than a man because she's a woman. It's the same thing. <laughs> That's the same picture from the, other side of the, from the other side of the aisle. That's all it is. It doesn't work. But when we see ourselves and each other through the eyes of the king and say they're made in God's image, it destroys gender inequality. It destroys racism. It destroys sexism. It destroys class. It destroys all those things because we know every single person is made in God's amazing image. Every single one has the thumbprint of God. And nobody, don't you dare say, you ever have the right to say you're better or can take them out or they don't belong because God's design is on them. And that's what counts. Taking human life is so intrinsically evil because it's authored by God. And I have no right to call it anything else. The, uh, The thing about the helper thing, feminism and chauvinism, they define themselves as independent. I'm my own man. I'm a woman. I have no need for a man. But the idea behind that Fights in the idea of Genesis 2 that talks about being a helper. See, independence is not God's plan for the believer, but interdependence and full dependence on him. We need each other. Why do you need to be in church? Because your faith doesn't survive very well on its own. It just doesn't. Say, well, I'm doing good. You're probably not nearly as good as you think you are. We need one another. I've noticed over the years of our marriage, this is so cool, that when when she's having a bad day, I often don't, or it bumps me into having a good day, and vice versa. If I'm having a bad day, she has more patience to understand. And you're like, what's happening here? Is it just a natural reaction to be like, well, they're being an idiot, so I can't be right now. <laughs> you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. No, I think it's God's design of the balance of his creation saying, when they're this way, I can bring you this and vice versa. Because a boat that can rock is a boat that can't tip. A holy, godly balance. It's awesome continues. A Proverbs 31 woman. If you're like, what is that? A Proverbs 31 woman. There's a huge list. Married to her husband who can fully trust her. She's a great mom. She has a business. Do you hear that? Like, uh, uh, the the thing about the church is women can't work. This is the Old Testament. (laughs) She had her own business. And she was good at it. Right? She's caring and nursing the hurting. She fears God. A Proverbs 31 woman does more and is more and more honorable than than the best feminist because she doesn't need it because she knows who she is in the Lord. She knows who she's with. She knows what she's good at and called to do and she does it. She doesn't need society or to overthrow something in order to find value. Don't get me wrong. Bad ideas should be taken down. I think the first wave of feminism was trying to do that. And I think the enemy took it and ran with the worst of it and destroyed a lot of the other side of society because of it, right? It goes into talking about godly character. There's, all, there's, a, there's a slew of verses. You can put them up. All these verses are about submission. Now, it's not all about submitting to your spouse. Some is. But here's the thing. Even right there, we don't like that. these verses. Leave them up for a second. We don't like those verses, especially in our society. Why? feminism. We're literally saying, I, you're not allowed to talk about that, Pastor Brian. Well, it's in the Bible. I teach the Bible. That's my job. Well, you're not allowed to, Why? If you feel, if that's your knee-jerk reaction, you're not allowed to talk about it, it is because, not, it's not even your fault. It's because feminism has so radically imbued in your mind that you think what culture says is louder than what the Bible has to say about it. But I would also tell you, Jesus submitted himself to us all the way through the cross. He's not asking anything of any of us he hasn't done. I'm submitted. I'm submitted to the elders. I'm submitted to this church. I'm submitted to the assemblies of God. And if I break any of those rules, they're going to call me to account. And I'm submitted to my wife. Because the same verses there often say submit one to another. But the problem is in the design, okay, the breaking in the fall, you can go all the way back to Genesis again. Where God designed it is where man fell apart. And the evil of it was, Eve's sin was being unsubmissive in the fall. She wouldn't submit to God or her husband, but Adam's, Adam's sin was being silent. He chose not to be a godly man in that moment, and he chose to sit back and do nothing. And she chose to be subversive. And this is a different teaching for a different day, but sin entered the world when Adam said okay. It wasn't Eve, it was Adam. Because he buckled. And he didn't have to in chauvinism be like, shut up, woman, that's evil. But he could have said, you know, Eve, this is wrong, let's not do it. Let's not go there. I love you too much. Let's not. Could have stopped the floodgates, and she could have as well. A submissive spirit of humility conquers far more. Jesus conquered the world through becoming the most humble of all time. He humbled himself through the cross. Humility is a beautiful thing, not an ugly thing. God's design is always best, and the world's redefinitions by way of deconstruction are always counterfeit. Worship team, you can come on up. Titus 2 and 3, similarly, teach the older women to live in a way that honors God. They mustn't slander others, be heavy drinkers. Instead, they should teach others. do what's good these older women should train the younger women to love their husbands and children live wisely be pure work in their homes do good be submissive to their husbands then they'll not bring shame on the word of god just the list of what this is a small list now this is not the culmination of the new testament what the bible says because deborah was a general of an army in the bible okay Esther helped save a nation as the queen of a nation. Okay, Ruth helped keep the line of Jesus all the way to the end. And, and I could go down the line. There's Eunice and numerous people in the New Testament who were teachers and leaders in the church in the women of God. Just you know, we're egalitarian. I fully believe in women in leadership. And I believe God has called men to lead in the home. But can women lead in our church? Absolutely. And you're like, I think, I've heard somebody say to me, well, you just don't like strong women. <laughs> I'm always like, have you met my wife? <laughs> but I'm also like, that's a dumb, dumb statement. Because every woman's designed to be strong by God's, by God's design. And all of us are also designed to be submissive and be humble. But that list right there, what does it say? Teach and lead teach and lead a woman can teach and lead you're meant to teach you're meant to lead right here the Bible already is saying you have the authority to do this we want you to do this go do this anybody's like well the Bible says Paul said I do not permit a woman to teach this is also Paul so you're going to have some problems with if you hold that point what Paul was talking about there was to a certain group of people in a certain culture for a certain reason which I can unpack for you later but no, we are not that side of the aisle. We believe fully women can teach, women can lead. One of the reasons we've put a more emphasis on men here is because men have not been men. And over 90% of men who go to church, their families will end up going with them eventually. Eventually. We've had a lot of Adams in our culture. Feminism's part of the reason. But we don't answer to God and stand before judgment one day because feminism. I want to answer to God for me and what I did. You are called by God. There's some women, in, even in this room, God has called you to teach and you're not. He's calling you to lead and you won't because you're afraid. He's calling you to raise up others, especially younger women of God. And you won't do it because you're like, well, you know, I don't, they don't want to hear what I have to say. Well, the Bible just told you to do it. So who cares what they think? Do what God says. If they don't receive it, that's on them. But you be accountable. Say, I will, I will disciple younger women. I'm going to grab them. I'm going to pull them into my life. And I'm going to tell them what I got. I'm going to model and mold roles of being a wife and mom. I've watched my wife over many years chase after women of God and say, how do you do it? How do you teach your kids? How do you homeschool? How do you, how do you this? How do you, how do you teach your kids? How do, how do you teach them not to lie anymore? How do you teach them how to get over that? How do we discipline our kids? My wife has sought that knowledge out. And part of the problem is she had to seek it out because no women, older women of God sought her out like it says to do. And say, hey, let me give you this. Let me show you this. Even right now, there's probably pressure in this room of saying, "Well, is he balancing this enough? Is he bringing women down to just being wives and moms?" That reductionist feeling is the influence of the spirit of the age, and it's demonic. Can a woman work? We just said it. Of course she can. Proverbs thirty-one. She does. Go you need to hold a job go get a job I don't care great awesome be the godliest person in that job you can be you do what God's called you to do use your wisdom wherever you can model purity don't put it out there for the world to see save it for one I had that conversation with a good friend the other day I was like my wife's made for me and I for her and we're going to keep it that way and we got to fight to keep it that way in this world. It's not easy. It's hard. But you were to If I could, if you take nothing else, look. If you're like, I don't like some of the things you said, or I don't understand. Do me a favor. Chuck them all and take away this one thing. You are made in the image of God, and there is nothing that you can ascend to that's higher. You can overthrow whatever you want. You'll never get higher than that. You can undermine whatever you want. You'll never get higher. You're made in his image. You couldn't be any better, baby. Psalm 139, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And all his works are wonderful. And that my soul knows very well. Ed Ainsworth taught me that scripture years ago in a session. I remember him teaching it. I said, you know what that means? God, don't make no junk. You are no accident. You are nobody's mistake. You are nobody's mess up. You are the design of the creator. And you couldn't be made any higher. Oh, how he loves you and me. Oh, how he thinks you're amazing. Stop letting society define your your manhood or your womanhood, because they're bad at it. God's so good at it.
0: Thank you so much for spending some time with us. We hope this message spoke to you and helped you grow in your knowledge of and love for God. Visit us online anytime at EncounterThrive.com and reach out with questions, prayer requests, or comments. We hope to see you for our in-person services in Lockport, Illinois, Sundays at 10.